expand the universe. It's the wrap-up for Mall Lockdown. Look, it's the wrap-up episode, so I'm just going to kind of wing it on this one. Uh, the hosts are Jeff and John. The book was from, like, 2014 or something. And uh, we're done reading it. So stick around. You know, get comfortable. Uh, I don't know. Do it. Do it. You, you, you got to do what you're going to do, you know? That's uh, that's what I always say. That's me. I'm, I'm the, you know, we, we haven't really properly been in. I'm the stormtrooper. Hi. Yeah, uh, I used to say sir a lot, but I got, I got, I kind of got over, you know. Here we go. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Expounded Universe Wrap Up. I'm Jeff, joined as always by your friendly co-host John. He's real friendly. Oh, too friendly. Mm -hmm. Too friendly, yeah. Careful, don't get near him, or you'll get caught up in some kind of a hug or some sort of bro activity. Oh, yeah. If you get too close to me, I'm going to compliment you. That's right. He'll give you a compliment, and you'll feel all warm about it. So if you're looking to avoid that kind of shit, you want to maintain a safe 15-meter distance. That's right. Mm -hmm. However, don't go after my pocket candy, or there's going to be trouble. (laughs) Don't get his pocket candy, though. Hey, John, can I have some of your pocket candy? Yep. You know, you know. If I ask, you have to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're in luck. I can't have candy. Ah, oh, good. <laughs> Neither can I, which is why it taunts me from my pocket. <laughs> I guess that's true. I could eat my own pocket candy now that I think about it. Mm. How come you never give me a compliment when I get within 15 meters? Because there's nothing that I could say to you. Oh, jeez. Because you're already so great. Oh, that could, that's nice. That's Aww. so fresh. See, look, see, I told you, folks, now I don't even know how to proceed. <laughs> I don't look, even we, know what to do with myself. <laughs> we just finished reading Mall Lockdown, and uh, boy, are my arms tired. I mean, not for unrelated reasons. Oh, I've, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been doing a lot of cartwheels. So many, <laughs> so many cartwheels. Car- I've been doing so much human wheelbarrow time. Good. It's that thing of when... I am a wheelbarrow. Yep. And people pick me up by my back legs and walk me through LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. one. Hi. Hi. Hey. So hey. uh so it's the wrap up for Mall Lockdown. Uh another Joe Schreiber book. I didn't realize when I purchased it and the uh the zombie books, because I actually have both of the zombie books as well. Mm-hmm. That all of those are written by the same guy. We're probably done with him for a while now. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but as always, in a wrap-up episode, we talk. We we do a brief overview of the book that we just read. Talk about the highs and lows. Kind of look at the whole thing as a as a gestalt, a gestalt, a gestalt, a gestalt. The emperor from Final Fantasy VI, a gistel, mm-hmm, a gizzle greens. Yeah, mm, yeah, tasty gizzle greens. They'll summon your your chocobo. <sighs> but we look over all of what we read. We answer some questions from listeners, and then at the very end of the wrap-up episode. We have a special little treat in which we get to announce the next book. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like to just start things off talking mm-hmm. about the book that we just read. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to ask you, on the scale of books that we have read, where do you think this lands? Is this one of the better ones? One of the worse ones? I want to say it's pretty much middle of the road. Like, I didn't hate the read. You know, like Crystal Star or Planet Planet of Twilight is probably the the worst book we've read. Hmm. I would say of all of them, it's the one where I was the most like, Jesus Christ, this is boring. Nothing's happening. I don't like any of these characters anymore. Um, but on the other hand, this book had a downer crap ending. 
Like it kept promising and promising and promising and promising, and then it ended. Yeah. So it's definitely, I would say it is a extreme disappointment when held up next to the other Joe Schreiber book and that we've read. I mean, I understand that at least from when we were reading Red Harvest, one of the biggest selling points that made that book so much better for us was that there was no one you had ever heard of. Yeah. And, you know, Schreiber was allowed to do whatever the fuck he wanted, like however he wanted people to go out. Kill people, introduce concepts that no one's ever heard of, go right ahead. Oh, yeah. He was allowed to do whatever he wanted with that setting and those people. And the second we give him an established character to use, and especially one where it's a before that established character gets his main thing in the movie, so you can't do much to him. Yeah, I mean, no, one, no one's going to kill Darth Maul in their book anyway, so that's that really, where you set a Darth Maul book isn't really that relevant. Well, it also means you can't do anything interesting with him character-wise. Like, you can't change where he's going to be at the end of that book. No, you're absolutely right. You know exactly what path he's on, because this book is set before Phantom Menace, so we haven't had the scene where he gets in his weird big TIE fighter cruise liner thing and flies to Tatooine and uses little tiny robots to find an old man. Yeah. God, I've forgotten more than half of the sequ- the Phantom Menace stuff with Maul on, on Tatooine. He rides around on a big-ass motorcycle. I remember that, like a hover cycle. Man, I remember so little about all of the prequels. I gotta tell you. I know. I've watched all of them once, and that was it. Yep, I watched them all in theaters once and never again. Yeah, so it's all, at this point, it's as much cultural memory as it is that I actually saw them. Oh, if there weren't memes of the prequels, I would have forgotten everything. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, I don't even know that I would lay the blame on him having a, a, a franchise character here. Like... You knew Maul was going to come out of this okay, and he did exactly what I figured he would do in that situation, which was, you know, send Maul to a place where it's a whole big building full of people he can kill. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure most of his books work that way. I've probably got a Han Solo one where it's like Han Solo visits the space meat grinder. Mm, Yeah, baby. Yeah, just everyone in there. Everyone grinding their meat. You know what it is. (laughs) Han Solo has to end it unground because he has to marry Princess Leia still. (laughs) Uh, no, I think this definitely places, honestly, I would put it probably in the top three of books we've read. Okay, that's fair. I'm still a little disappointed in it, but... No, and that that is the only reason it isn't much better in regards, because the drop down from, like, Red Harvest at number one to the rest of them is so far... What's even number two? Oh, God, I don't even know what I would put at number two probably Star Trek X-Men. <laughs> it sucked. I know it, it did. It really sucked. It was bad. <laughs> I'd probably put Tales from the Mos Eisley Cantina at two just because it constantly changed perspectives, which at least gave it something interesting to talk about or hang on. Oh, yeah. I um, mean, honestly, the number two is probably going to go to either that or the one story from the Han Solo trilogy we read. Oh, that's also very good. Yeah, yeah, I think you may have just described my top three with this coming in just right behind them. Yeah. Because, yeah, that book's... I mean, the Han Solo book is mostly workmanlike. It's fun, it's interesting, but it's not amazing. It's just quality, which is... Basically, Red Harvest is a fucking good book. Oh, yeah. And then the, and other, the other three are okay. I gotta say, the reason you can do 
again, the Han Solo one is before you had so much established lore, yeah. they could get away with whatever weird aliens that they didn't have to give names to. You could do a whole bunch of random stuff and you didn't have to care too much. That's true. He spent so much time meeting like demon looking aliens and stuff in that book where they didn't bother telling you what they were. Oh yeah. You'd be like, oh, there's a bar and there's 50 different aliens in here and I don't know half of them. And you're like, yeah. wow, okay. His villain in that book is like a lizard man who doesn't get a species. He later gets retconned into a barabell or something, but that's done by, by some encyclopedia writer and not by that author. Oh yeah. So that's that's just a, a that book's fun because it's written in 1978. That that gives it a different feel than the rest of the expanded universe that we've touched on. So yeah, definitely a strong contender for the top three for me. But I do like Lockdown because I mean Maul's a character that for someone like me that didn't come back to the animated shows, like he was just a chump who showed up and got cut in half and, <laughs> and then showed up again in solo. And you're like, what the fuck? I thought you was dead. <laughs> but in this one, I'm like, okay, it's, it's interesting to go through, especially any chapter from Maul's perspective, because as we pointed out a lot during the read, it's so amazing to watch Maul do stuff. Cause he is just all business. Yeah. And it is amazing to see a character in a star Wars book, especially that's like, when I show up, I don't have fucking jokes and quips. I'm not here to reminisce about the days back when I used to be a smuggler or whatever. Yeah. He shows up and he's like, hey, fucker, I need a thing. And they're like, well, maybe you'll need it. No, whatever. Fuck you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just He does not participate in, in the uh, the meta like every other Sith is perfectly willing to do. Oh, yeah. And the I mean, what made it even better is so many of the other characters in the book are in that Star Wars like, mm -hmm. well, let me talk to you about what it means to be. A, and he's like, I do not give any shits. Yeah, it's really fun to watch him bounce off other people who are part of the Star Wars like structure who who fit the flavor. And here's this one character who's like, no, fuck this, fuck this, fuck that too. Nope, everything Was, everything's terrible. I just want to do my job and leave. What the fuck is that, Jabba? A picture of Jabba? Great. I have no need to deal with a picture of Jabba. Let's keep moving. <laughs> yeah, it's just. It's very nice. It, yeah, it is. And, you know, it's a lot of it's because of the, the Sith that we've seen in movies. Uh, Darth Tyrannus aside, they're pretty much like, okay, what do you got? Well, you got the angsty one, the one who's still trying to relive his glory days. So you got Vader. You've got the brand new angsty one, the one who's like, I want to be like my I grandpa. I want to relive someone else's glory days. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm a Sith the way I'm a smoker. <laughs> is it I tried smoking once. And then you've got, you know, Cackles Mc, uh, McPalpatine, who's really fun, but is not much of a Sith, really. He's more of just like an evil emperor. Yeah. Like, he doesn't do Sith stuff. You never see him get a lightsaber out. He never does. He just is like, ha ha, I've got other shit I can do. I might as well be a regular ass wizard. <laughs> uh, and I guess that also just leaves Snoke. Snoke technically counts as a Sith. I mean. I uh, mean, yeah. I don't. He's as unmemorable as just about everything from the from the uh, actual from the prequels to me. Yeah, well, Snoke felt like a bad. I mean, we now that we know, like actually know hardcore that Abrams and everybody who made the, the Star Wars sequels went in without an, like an overarching plan or anything. They're just like we'll make a movie, and then someone will make a sequel to that movie, and then someone will come along and make a sequel to that movie. Yeah. Why? Why would you do that? You have a whole successful MCU right there in the same umbrella, <sighs> screaming at you not to do that. Yeah. To go in and be like, oh, I cannot resist fucking mystery boxes. Yeah. And then the end result, you've got this fucking Snoke character where in the first movie ends, you're like, 
I wonder if he's 50 feet tall. And then when the second movie ends, you're like, no, he was just Andy Serkis. He's just some dead guy. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Great. What did he do? Nothing really. He bonked someone in the back of the head with a lightsaber. That was funny. <laughs> That's pretty much the full extent of his contributions. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I'm excited. You're right. It is fun to watch Maul stalk through this, this as everyone in the world's like, I'm offering standard Star Wars bullshit. And he's like, no, <laughs> thanks. No. <laughs> They're like, don't you want to haggle with me? And he's like, no, I'm just going to do a thing and leave. Hmm, that information will cost you six whoopy oopies. <laughs> ah. Oh, fuck. What if it costs you a punch in the throat? Huh? Huh, buddy? Let's get this done. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. It's fun. I don't know that he's necessarily the coolest character to hang a book around because he's very much a cipher. Oh, but, yeah. But well, I uh, mean, it's, it's useful to have him in the book and then have these other characters that we occasionally switch to yeah just so you have that contrast because if it was all maul doing that it would get tiresome yeah but the fact that you're like oh we're going to go three chapters without even talking to maul and it's just standard star wars bullshit and then we get back to him and he's just grumping his way through murder prison and Gotta you're like this thing. is amazing <laughs> Yeah, he's like the Judge Dredd of Star Wars, and I'm into it. I like that about him. Yeah. Uh, at, that said, the book has a problem where it follows the standard rules of a Joe Schreiber book, as far as I know, having read two of them, which is kill everyone. And it kills everyone too early, so that the last couple chapters of the book are like, uh, I don't know, I guess they get out, they they escape, he's I sitting mean, in a room. it didn't even really kill everyone too early, it just didn't give enough presence to the worm. Yeah. No, that no. should have been at least, like a chapter and a half there should have been more on the worm than the one little half chapter we got where it went into its backstory and that kind of thing uh iram radik needed to be more of a presence if you're going to spend the entire first three quarters of the book setting him up i mean i do understand the like let's set up iram radik for so long and then he shows up and just immediately gets fucking got now john you may not have even noticed this but there's a lost episode in this in this series is there yes yeah the the, the episode that introduced iron radik was eaten by the internet and i can't find it oh my god yeah so people have been mad at us so we might as well talk briefly about what happened there so that people can uh can at least have that kind of closure okay there's an there's an episode where maul follows some birds like these birds come through and he like chases them and it leads him back right back down to that stupid weapon room. And in the weapon room is Coil, and also Ira Radik is out and about now. Yeah, and he's a Sith. And sorry, a, a Chiss. <laughs> he's a Chiss, but we can't know the word Chiss yet because one of the big stories with Thrawn, way in the post uh, Return of the Jedi era, is that he's like the first Chiss anyone's ever seen. So they're all like, "What the fuck is this blue guy?" And he's like, "Yes, my people come from so far away. It's not relevant. We're so secret." So, of course, Maul has to just be like, what a weird, dark blue humanoid with red eyes. Yeah, and basically, he's like, hey, the story of that episode went, Maul got the geologic compressor from that droid. Yep. Then he took it to where Iron Radik was, and Radik was like, you're useless to me. I should kill you. And he was like, no, because I have this compressor, and here's a fun story. It won't work for you. Only I know how to make the compressor work. And then he demonstrates by making one lightsaber that works. Yep. Takes the crystal out, compresses it, puts it back in. Hey, presto. Got a lightsaber. And it's because the geologic compressor does compress rocks into crystals, but it takes the force 
to turn them into force crystals. I guess. Uh, that's as far as we can tell. I don't know for sure. The, presumably, there's a whole thing that we aren't 100% up to speed on because we haven't done an episode of bonus content on it yet about how all of Sith lightsaber crystals are synthetic. And so they need like special maintenance and work to make that red color. And they probably have to infuse them with dark force. Yeah, there's... Having way back in the day done an entire bonus episode about the lightsaber crystals. Yeah. That's not even true. <laughs> so. Yeah. But for whatever reason, Maul had to use the force to get that crystal to work. It might have just been that he was accelerating the process. I assume that's probably what it was. So th at that point, Radik's like, great, teach me how to do it. And he's like, no, you'll kill me if I teach you how to do it. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to you and I are going to go down to Med Bay and you're going to get the shit out of my heart. Uh, the bombs and also this kid's heart. Because I promised his dad, or I guess, whatever. Because um, he's helping me carry the nuke. Yeah, and then you, at that point, I will teach you how to use the comp the compressor, and we will part ways. Yeah. I will fuck off with a nuke for the bando, and yeah. you will fuck off with a compressor for lightsaber crystals. And in a uh, a direct example of what we were just talking about, most of the, the chapter is taken up with Radik being like, hmm. Hmm, I don't know that I can make that deal. It's unusual that you think I would voluntarily deal with the Bandogora. And Maul keeps being like, fuck you, shut up, do the thing. You're okay. going hey. to fucking do it. Hey, buddy, you want it? I know you want it. Uh -huh. I know you're just dicking around right now, so how about we leave? <laughs> yeah, just, just constantly brushing him aside and pushing him out of the way and shit. Just over and over again. Hmm. What nuke do you think I have for the... Shut up. It's right there. <laughs> Let's go. That's, it's just that. You, Owen, <laughs> grab that nuke. <laughs> yeah. And it's just strapped to a wall. No one's like, great, yeah, let's get the nuke and meet the and go to the thing, whatever. So it basically, the moment you meet Radik, and it's established that no, he's not just Coil or Zero or something. He's a character you've never seen before. Uh, and he's a Chiss. And you're like, oh, that's I guess that's neat, because he's a Chiss before Chiss should be around here. But we aren't going to say Chiss. Uh, we just have to know that he's a dark blue obsidian high cheekbones muscle man with piercing glowing red eyes. Like, all right, Chess. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and uh, he just gets manhandled by Thrall or by Maul from, from minute one. Oh, yeah. Thrall's just like, no, man. No, I don't care about any of your dumb rigmarole. <laughs> My dude, nah. <laughs> Look, if this was a video game, I'd be hitting A so hard right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's. Oh, except that uh, you've skipped all my dialogue. <laughs> Would you like to hear that again? Oh, shit. God damn it. Why is it always strength? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there you go. That's there's more shit that happened in that episode, but that was the biggest piece and the meat of it. I think also that was the episode where Artigan finally kicks off and dies. Maybe. But. Whatever, that guy went through a bunch of shit, so, you know. That guy should have cacked it, like, five chapters ago. Eventually, he dies. <laughs> he just kind of gurgles out 12 more last words and lines. Uh, there you go. That's that's the story of the lost episode, with my apologies. I think I accidentally closed my computer without saving it or something. Weird. And then I got freaked out. It, well, given that my memory is actively deteriorating, mm -hmm. it was like a week before someone was like, hey, I never saw that episode. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, fuck, ah, oh, fuck, shit. I know I posted it. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, nope. <laughs> so I've revised my post-episode process so it won't happen again. Good. Good, good, good. Until I decide to skip that because it takes too long. And that <laughs> will happen because that's what happens to every organizational structure I try. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can understand how hitting save file is a hassle. 
Oh, it's the worst, man. That's that's a step between me and leaving my hot, tired room. <laughs> okay, so uh, what else we got? Uh, you want to do the questions? Or? Sure, if there's enough to do. I mean, hell, why not? If there's not, we'll just keep mugging afterwards. <laughs> just so much mugging. Mug, mug, Mad mug. mugging. <laughs> McMuggins. All right, starting off. If you were both trapped on a prison space station and forced into gladiatorial death matches, what's the toughest Star Wars alien you could take in a fight? And you cannot pick each other. <laughs> John's not a Star Wars alien. Yeah, well, I mean, that depends on who you are. <laughs> uh, John, but he's Waru. <laughs> oh, no way. If I was Waru, I'd fuck your shit directly up. No, nah, I'd just run up there and punch you. I'd put a stick between two of your scales and you'd be like, oh, it hurts. I hate this. <laughs> I just tap you with a with one of those things they put in a tree to get maple syrup out of it. Nah. I believe they're called taps. I would I would fall upon you with my beefiest of gravies. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if Waru counts as a Star Wars alien. He's not from Star Wars space. He's from another dimension. I mean, I guess yes, that still counts as a Star Wars alien. Yes, absolutely does. I don't know. What do you think? What's uh, the? I mean, is it a Chadra fan? We're, oh, I assume a Chadra fan would fuck me up. <laughs> You really got to look for probably a ghostling. Maybe. I mean, the whole point of them is that they are weak and can easily be broken. <laughs> and you'll be like, all right, you let's fight. And they'll be like, hey, if you if you want, there's another way to get rid of me. <laughs> I'll I'll go down swinging. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just trying to pick the weakest possible thing. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, whatever the fuck. Uh, Manky. What's his name was from the Greedo backstory. Uh, oh, he, he was a Siona scup biomorph. Yeah, which was like, what if a human was worse? <laughs> what if a human had weird little hair biddles? Yeah, uh, maybe I could take a Siona sc- or a Balasar. I could probably beat up a Balasar. <sighs> I mean, they're just want they're be like, hey man, you want to buy some death sticks? And I'll be like, fuck you, and I'll just go after them. Like, <laughs> just go after them. <laughs> they'll be like, oh come on, ah, my I, my antenna. I'm a legitimate businessman. <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck off. If you're so worried about your antenna, retract them. I know you can. <laughs> Ah, you got me. I'm into it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the most dangerous thing I could take on might be an Ewok. Oh, that's a bold claim. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I guess because you're saying it's a gladiatorial. Because it's a gladiatorial so- arena, and I would have time to get there before they fashioned something out of the arena. Yeah, because keep in mind, if an Ewok can't get access to weapon-making tools, they'll make a weapon out of you. Oh, yeah. That's what's gonna- They'll just leap on you, rip your, rip your spine out, and fashion it into a crossbow. <laughs> uh i would that would be a I, I might say jawa i feel like i could probably beat up i don't want oh, to yeah i would definitely beat up a jawa take down a jawa no problem whatever those big rats from Me the jawa no bada. <laughs> <laughs> what if we teamed up huh. if we could team up we could probably take on a humanoid type alien yeah we could take on one gross neck gobbles <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could take bib fortuna <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, they Jabba no bada. Ah. Name me no bada. Come on. <laughs> hey, guys. What about Watto? Do you think we could beat up Watto? I don't know. He flies. He does fly, but it's a gladiator arena on a space station, so there's a pretty low ceiling, I'm guessing. Well, I mean, that depends. Yeah. We saw how they changed the arenas. That's true. They could do anything there. Presumably, they'd slowly lower the arena ceiling so that Watto couldn't just be like, I'm going to run the clock out on this. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to fly up here and you can't get me. Yeah. Plus, I never saw Watto fly more than like three inches above whatever surface he was above. I wonder if he actually has a like a surface ceiling that's really crappy because he's a fat little nobody. I mean, he does fly up into the face of, you know, 
like Obi-Wan and mm-hmm. uh, Qui-Gon when he's on the ground. Okay, that's so, fair. You know, yeah. he can go a few feet up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I'm actually going to put my numbers down. Here's my final answer who on who the two of us could beat up. Ben Quadineros. What? Ben Quadineros is a four-armed, mostly face alien from the pod races. And I think we could take him. Mostly face. He's the one who, when, when the pod races start, one ship doesn't go. Its engines fly off and fly all over the place. Uh-huh. He's the pilot of that one. Aw. Uh-huh. Yeah. But he lucked out. Yeah, he didn't get killed by sand people or nothing. He just got to sit the race out. Yeah, he sat that out, and basically everyone else in that race just ate it. Yeah, they either died or they were Anakin. Huh. I mean, I guess a lot of them probably just crashed somewhere and were fine, just out mm, in the desert. If you crash and you're in one of those things, you're done. They, they keep making this big point in the pod racing video game in particular. They make this big point that this thing is special about Anakin is that humans shouldn't be able to pod race. They're too shitty. They're just like, oh, humans fucking... You don't have the reaction time. You don't have the reaction time. You don't have nothing. You're just a little piece of crap. And he's like, no, I do because of the force. And then you look at the collection of the other aliens in it, and you've got like Roos Bubo and Neva Key, and you're like, this is a little rat. He doesn't... What the fuck? What are you talking about? Ben Quadin- rat's got amazing Ben Quadineros says, I guess probably because he has four arms is supposed to be the real why he, reason why he can even participate, but he looks like a moron. Ben Quadineros looks like the sort of thing the Joker would make out of like a senator <laughs> to make a point. I mean, I think the two big things are either reaction time or, like, heightened senses so mm-hmm. that you can tell what's coming up. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, so many of them, when you look at the actual rundown of who's in those pod racers, pod racers you're just like, oh, it's just a, cl- a gaggle of doofy-looking moron dorks. Yeah, but they've all... Got super reaction speeds. They're all the best there is at what they do. They're all more Stefan Urkels than Steve Urkels. <laughs> what else? <sighs> all right. If you could switch any of the protagonists of a different novel you've read with Lockdown, which swap would you choose and how would it affect the books? Oh, okay. So we have to choose both books. And unfortunately, almost every book we've read has had, you know, Luke, Leia, Han as the protagonist. Well, I mean, if we're like, oh, I do courtship of Princess Leia, but I swap Leia with Maul. <laughs> she wakes up in that that containment thing, or he wakes up in that that uh, smuggling container after being hit with a mind control gun is like, well, fuck this. Just force blasts his way out and he's like, all right, well, time to murder everyone. Everybody on this Falcon is dead. <laughs> but, but, ooh, that prince is so muscly. Hey, Han, you're dead. And yeah, also he falls in love with Isolder. Yeah. He's not a Jedi and he's not a Sith. He's something new and in between. <laughs> I must have him. I mean, well, I guess Leia's just kicking ass in the gladiator prison. I guess. Why not? She is a badass prisoner. We know that. That's one of the few things we know about Leia. Yeah. If you imprison her, she will make fun of you if you break her out, or she'll strangle you to death with your own chains. Oh, yeah. And I mean, even in the few books where she's been a prisoner, like, say, Planet of Twilight. Yes, yeah, where she solves... Honestly, Planet of Twilight's Leia's part feels like one of those 90s point-and-click adventure games. Uh, ah, click on the water. The water is fresh. There is no bug in the water. Oh, I should put this in my inventory. Hmm. Use water with... <laughs> Use huge chunk of bu- berry-shaped bug on Old Man. The Old Man remembers that he was in love with Admiral Dela. <laughs> uh, Yeah. No, I think that's a good swap. I think that's opinion. a pretty good swap. Yeah, uh, if I were picking one, and it's got to be Darth Maul, uh, I would take the big face guy, the Shevin, from 
Moss Eisley Cantina and swap him with Maul for this because I feel like he would also do well in a gladiator fight. And then it'd be kind of fun to watch uh, Darth Maul have to hang around and be like, yeah, I owe Jabba a big favor. I got to live in his house. <laughs> I got to live here in his house. <laughs> I mean, I'd also maybe swap him with Yarna Del Gargan for fun. I mean, we haven't read the tales from Jabba's palace. Oh, you're right. Oh, God, I'm thinking of most Eisley Cantina, in which case I guess I'd swap him with Soup Guy. Ah, Soup Guy in the gladiatorial pits. <laughs> Just so Maul can sit there being like, yes, I'm going to catch that guy and I'm going to drink his soup. I hope he has soup on him. Oh, I hope he's got some minestrone. Because <laughs> he doesn't have the little nose demons. He can't go get your soup. He ain't got nose demons. He can't get your real your, your body soup. He's, he, he's like sitting there going, I hope someone comes in here with some fucking real soup. If anyone comes in here with some Zupa al Toscana, I'm going to get it. I want that Italian wedding soup. <laughs> I want that never-ending soup, salad, and breadsticks. <laughs> Hey, give me the soup, salad, and breadsticks. <laughs> and then meanwhile, uh, uh, whatever the, na- the name of that Onzot guy was, he'd just be fucking shit up because he's a fucking vampire man. Yeah. Soup. Soup. <sighs> this Yuzhen Vong has delicious soup. <laughs> It'd be so sad because he'd be like, I finally killed this guy. And now for my prize, and then the floor would open up and he'd drop down. He's like, God damn it. Oh, I claimed that soup as my own. My soup. <laughs> Dives in after it like a Wonka Soup. lesson. <laughs> well, that was a bad vampire. <laughs> <sighs> now that he's been through a staple of 80s action movies, going into a prison with an ulterior motive or wrongly imprisoned, what other standard action movie plots would you most like to see as a Maul story? Ooh, can we move it forward a decade or something like that where Maul has to, like, save the president? I mean, it's any standard action movie plot. Okay. Hmm. What, what would you like to see? All right, so he's got to drive real fast. He's got to drive so friggin' fast. And furious, but he's got that down. <laughs> Luckily, it's all about family. He hates his family. That's uh, why Darth Maul has to team up with his actual family, Savage Opress, and uh, the other one. Uh, and I guess Letty. She's there. She's just back. She, and, and Letty and Tej, all the regulars from Fast and the Furious. All of them. They're just still there. Oh, man, I would love to see Darth Maul tell some kid that his heart is as big as the world or whatever. Oh, wait, that's Triple X. I always get them mixed up. The the Fast and Furious we saw opened with him telling Cubans that their own culture is important. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You Cubans have a vital and important culture that I respect and admire. Yeah, we know. Thanks. You're in Cuba. You don't need a... You don't need to tell us that here. This isn't a book report. <laughs> uh, on my summer vacation, I went to Cuba. It was a vibrant and thriving community. <laughs> uh, I would like to see Darth Maul in something like Cliffhanger, where he has to do something extremely physical all the time against Ooh, sports. Yeah, like a sports act, but sports action. It's got to be. Oh yeah, it's got to be a combo. Cliffhanger. I'm picking because it's you know it's, it's very much an action. But he movie. could definitely be in Slapshot. Yeah, absolutely. Something or like- Double Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Any action movie, right? Okay, I'm going to pick him to replace one of the three kids and three kids ki- or uh, three ninjas high noon at Mega Mountain. <laughs> Just one of the kids. Any, any one kid. You pick the Probably the youngest of the three kids is Darth Maul now. Great. Mm-hmm. And then when, when Hulk Hogan shows up and is like, I'm going to catch you, kids, brother. And he just like rips his heart out. <laughs> Slices him up with a lightsaber. <laughs> That's my special ninja power. I've got cool ninja abilities. Oh, wait, hang on. Other one. Okay, now I've got both of them. Up. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I would actually like to see him, in all seriousness, in a ninja-themed, like one of those 80s American ninja movies, like, you know, American Ninja. You know, where, where one of those American yeah, Ninja movies. Just Darth like Maul getting American in a, Ninja. <laughs> just Darth Maul getting in a fight with 16 ninjas on, like, a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's so many ninjas. I need to get back to my dojo where I myself am a ninja. I understand the way of the ninja starts with my big Burt Reynolds-y mustache. Just put him in speed, and he just fucks off the bus immediately. <laughs> Fuck those people. <laughs> that, not into it. <laughs> I feel like most movies, if you replace the lead with Darth Maul, would be much more efficient. Like, I'd like to see Darth Maul in Cube. Oh, nah, I... fuck the rest of you. <laughs> just weird traps go off, and he just force stops them, and he's like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. But hey, you, coming through this trap, though, why not? That'd be fun. Hey, you, push. <laughs> he was slowing us down. <laughs> Uh, Darth Maul and aliens just actually... Actually, that would be a very fucked up cool thing. Yes, Darth Maul and aliens? Yeah. Okay, who's he replacing? Are we having I mean, he doesn't have to. It just was, what movie plot would you see him in? Okay, so aliens. So, Darth Maul versus aliens. And he's hired to go to the planet. Or I guess he's, in his case, it has to be that, like, Darth Sidious Sidious needs him there. And he's like, there is some force child there that we need for my nefarious mm-hmm. plans or some bullshit i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie to you the planet is covered in in turbo monsters yeah they go he goes down there and he it's gets just, a whole crack team too because you got to do the aliens plot no it's just him oh that's 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 more like an aliens three plot no it isn't well, alien, that's more like alien an alien three. resurrection plot. <laughs> <laughs> no it's just him versus aliens that's all i want you just want to watch him fight xenomorphs. Yes. Okay, that makes perfect And then sense. try and save, like, fucking Newt without One just kid. murdering her. Yeah, man, maybe he can save Newt right so she's not just dead at the start of the next movie. <laughs> they mostly come out at night. Mostly. Well, that's great information. Let's go. I mostly die if you let David Fincher direct one. <laughs> mostly. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Maul sure spent a lot of time either chasing or fighting birds, huh? What other cat-like behaviors should have been attributed to Maul to improve the book? (laughs) What the fuck? Just constantly, during conversations, slowly pushing things off the edge of a table. Yeah, that's the best one. Look, makes total eye contact with Iron Radik in that last confrontation scene with him, and he's just, like, pushing the geologic compress. Hey, stop that. Why would you do that? Stop. Stop. Stop stop it. I'm not going to negotiate with you if you... (laughs) Chunk, 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 chunk. <laughs> like takes his hand back good no, pushes it again <laughs> <laughs> for god's sake stop that immediately <laughs> just talking to coil and just pushing bones off just batting them around <laughs> keeps going back to his cell and just carefully cleaning himself uh, uh i uh, i think those are, yeah definitely the pushing stuff off is the pinnacle we're not going to beat that oh no just the idea of maul because it fits with his personality so good. Yes. To just, like, stare at a dude and be like, push your tray off of this table. I also think it'd be funny if he got extremely terrified very briefly of the worm because it was shaped like a snake. <laughs> he just I thought you were going to say he got terrified very briefly after he pushed it over because it made a loud noise. Oh, that, that would also be fine. But just him, see, for the first time, he saw the worm just jumping, like, six feet straight up in the air and then leaving in that weird two-legged walking pose <laughs> that scared cats do. backwards with his hunched back. <laughs> 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 I don't do snakes. <laughs> uh, 
The gangs in the book felt a little flat. What nonsense gangs should have been in the book, and what should the shticks have been? Oh, yeah, I, I agree. The gravity... So the two oh, the gravity massive are the one that's really flat. The Bone Kings at least had thing. Had, had a, a gimmick. Thing. Yeah, they had a gimmick. They were bone based and they were cannibals. So they and and they were really really good at deboning people to make weapons out of them, and then they'd eat the leftovers. So they yeah, were no, they had an entire deal that went with their name. I was fine with the Bone Kings. The Gravity Massive, on the other hand, had a cool name that made it sound like they were going to be like a bunch of cool street racers or something, right? <laughs> you, you hear Gravity Massive and you think, okay, these guys are tech-based crime. These for... guys are obviously techno-based. Yeah, they're gonna, they're completely based in techno. <laughs> These guys are definitely a Juno reactor song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're called Gravity Massive. They've got to have something to do with, I don't know, Days or Aqua or something. <laughs> the Venga Boys. Incidentally, the Venga Boys is one of my answer gangs. <laughs> Incidentally. Yeah. They're, they're from the planet Venga. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole squad of them. Yeah, the Venga Boys. Uh-huh. Ma Venga leads them. <laughs> Always trying to get into Scrooge McDuck's vault. vault. I don't remember. They just want his money. They don't. It's only Magica Dispel who wants his lucky dime. Yes. Yeah. She wants the number one dime because it's it's powerful it's magic. It's super powered. It's 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 effectively a new breed of artifact. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Ma Venga and the Venga Boys is my first contribution. <laughs> Whew. They're all like really old men in tuxedos and they just do a constant flailing dance fight. Ah. Yeah. 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 What up? That's one of the three things about the Venga boys. There you go. The other one being Chica Bow Bow, which no one knows what the fuck that is, but it's my favorite thing on the internet. <laughs> Chica Bow, you know what it is. I made I you know. watch it on more than one occasion. Yeah. It's the one where the, the cast of the Venga boys go to a VR disco, uh, ogle VR titties, and then a nerd gets shoved because fuck nerds, am I right? Anyway, we're all chatting on a computer. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> what other gangs, though, John? Uh, I mean, Ma Venga and the Venga Boys is deeply stupid, so. Oh, yes, of course. I mean, I would love to see an entire gang that's just all of the, like, species that you'd think you'd be able to beat the shit out of gathered together for protection. Oh, so like so one you of those get, rat like, guys. And... Oh, yeah, you get a Chadder fan and a little like rat man and yeah, a fucking called. jawa and... yeah every little tiny species you have like one nogri in there but it's like a really fat one yeah so you're just like that nogri can't fight it's just teeth are missing or something no you just get a whole bunch of the like little what baby. are you oh i'm just some shitty little species that does not have any sort of capability of fighting or tolan you want one of those that's that's the little blue elephants you probably want to yuzz them Mm. that's the big singer from the same band yeah and then whatever the fuck uh what's her name is the lead singer of that band with her with her long trunk and her little little messed up little messed up body you, you want basically you want max rebo and his orchestra plus a jawa and ewok yeah <laughs> a chadra fan just all of the little races every little guy and they're all just like yeah we watch each other's backs yeah just a bunch of little teeny and there's a yoda in there too there's got to be one, 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 the first Yoda that's ever been introduced to Star Wars that's not a Jedi in any capacity. Oh, yeah. And they call themselves normally. the Little Rascals. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hi, what up? I'm a Yoda. How you doing? I'm a Yoda. <laughs> well, my species never got named. Blame George Lucas, I guess. And he it, still doesn't want it to be named, so whatever. Anyway, I guess, I'm, I'm a Yoda. I Look, I know you think I'm going to have the Force. I don't. Not all of us do. That's a that's a, ne a messy stereotype. I really wish you wouldn't. Aww. 
Some of us are just tiny little dudes. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Assuming Coyle survived somehow, what ridiculous story would he show up in in a short story anthology edited by our favorite Kevin Janderson? I feel like Coyle is the kind of guy who, if he managed to get out, would probably mostly go legit. Like, I feel like he'd open a shady restaurant. Some sort of Bones-themed restaurant. Some sort of Bones-themed restaurant, because, of course, he was some sort of bone sculptor. Yeah. So, naturally, he's going to open... He'd have a whole bunch of bone sculptors up, sculptures on the wall, and... Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, he'd have all these bone sculptors sculptures of the famous celebrities who had visited his, his uh, restaurant. Yeah. So, there'd be, like, a bone sculpture of Mina Suvari on the wall. Signed, like, thanks for the bones, Mina. <laughs> thanks for all the bones. <laughs> so long, and thanks for all the bones, says dolphin celebrity Flipper. <laughs> ah, I've got a dolphin skeleton up on my wall. It's Flipper. It's not actually Flipper. It's the dolphin from Johnny Mnemonic, but it's signed by Flipper. <laughs> who, of course, is still alive. Of course. <laughs> by Bo eating all of these <laughs> other dolphin bones. Boneless, weirdly enough, but still alive. So, yeah, he'd open up a bone restaurant that serves bone restaurant, and the restaurant would be called, uh, well, I don't know, Bones and ba Bats and Bones and... Bo bone Fans? Bone fa yeah, it'd be called uh, Dave and Boners. Oh, it, it's uh, Creole Cajun oh, Bone yeah. Cooking. <laughs> Creole Bone. No, I do think that would be one of the best things to have for a Chatter fan is a... Cajun Creole Bone Restaurant. Yeah, where obviously he also serves a lot of fruit because, you know, yeah, Chadger fans. But it's all served on bone skewers and oh, yeah. every, everything's bone themed. A lot of, lot of marrow type things. Yeah, bone food for everybody who's not a Chadger fan. Fruit for everyone who is. <laughs> Champagne for my real friends. <laughs> bones for my sham friends. Yeah, and bones for my friends who are real into bones real into bones all right what else we got i like that though i like that he would open up a restaurant that, that just fly, floats right to me huh. and, and if it's a short story it's not even his he just owns a restaurant in the background maybe it's an owen short story and, and he, they just go to they, they end up at his bar and he's like oh shit uh in the back room i guess i'll be mm-hmm mm -hmm. i guarantee I guarantee you don't want that guy to see me no huh <sighs> what are some of PP's favorite songs and bands? Is he more of a Van Halen person or a Van Hagar person? All right. Well, first of all, P is the kind of guy who goes to a karaoke club and drops $40 on the rail within three minutes of getting in there so he can do big butts. He doesn't care if big butts has already been done tonight. Yeah. He definitely gets up there and his face turns bright red and he's like trying to demand that women in the audience get on stage with him. Just like, you get up here. I like big butts and I cannot lie. Oh, yeah. Just stop singing in the middle and be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah get up here. Uh, eh? You know, ladies. Eh? Eh, who wants to twerk on a guy? Oh, ha, ha. <laughs> My anaconda don't want none. But that would be the only hip hop song he is aware of. Yes. 100%. He, his, his full knowledge of hip hop begins and ends at Sir Mix-A-Lot. Indeed. <laughs> what else does he like, though? Oh, I feel like... Chicken tonight. Yeah. 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 Fucking yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> I feel like he's definitely the type of person that wants to talk to you about Led Zeppelin. Huh. Okay. That's fair. I mean, I can see that. Like, he's the kind of guy who's extremely forward about his musical tastes, but they're all really old-fashioned. Where he, He's the kind of guy who'll talk the, your ear off about prog rock. Oh, yeah. 
He's the type of guy who's like, if you get this dude stoned, he is going to tell you about, like, in the court of the Crimson King yeah. for hours. I don't even think you understand how this guy's drum hands work. Have you even listened to Yes? It's it's not what you'd expect. <laughs> uh, I want operating. you to listen to the whole catalog of AHA, because that one single, you know, it's not it. It's, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Look, start from the single. It's technically a sequel to that. The sun always shines on TV. It's uh. <laughs> It really shows you that, oh, God, are these fucking guys ever Swedish because the lines don't make any goddamn sense. But it's not about the lines. It's about how they make you feel. Speaking about some lines, you want to, you know, <laughs> you holding? Oh, the sun always signed. That, that's, that video is a stone cold bummer because it ends. The the, uh, the beginning of Sun Always Shines on TV is the end of... Uh, of take on me. take on me except that it the guy starts going back to the comic book dimension against his own will and then the woman just has to watch him kind of painfully vanish out of sight and then the the next song starts woof so you're like oh they have a happy ending and they go running off into the night together and then the very next video is them still running and then he just goes oh no my heart and he just vanishes back into the comic book wow that's why no one remembers it i mean that and I'm sure it probably isn't an amazing song. No, actually, "Sun Always Shines on TV" is a fucking banger. Is I mean, it? Yeah, no, it is. It is. If you haven't heard it, you should check it out. It is very, very good. It does, how, however, have a huge, you know, we don't speak English problem, where the lines are things like, "Please don't ask me to explain the channeled waters that I walk in my heart for feelings that I you the have." He's just like, "What? Are you okay, <laughs> my dude? Y'all right?" <laughs> Or wherever they're from. I don't remember. I don't know if they're Swedish necessarily, but they are certainly Scandinavian. Uh, very much. Very much. Mm-hmm. They might be Norwegian. I don't know. No one's from Norway. No one. Not even Norwegians are from Norway. <laughs> Norway doesn't exist. Yeah. It's a rounding error. <laughs> uh, how do you amp up Sithsploitation for Lockdown 2? Kill them all. <laughs> Uh, I mean, obviously, he's going to have to get sent to a women's prison, and he'll have to bosom buddies his way through it. It'll be him and Darth Tyrannus, uh, or Count Dooku, as everyone calls him, but the two of them are in just, like, really bad... No, you're not digging this? You're not, you're, no. You don't this like... is because we just watched Some Like It Hot, isn't it? No, I just... The first thing I could think of was, how do you amp up a prison movie? You do it again, but now it's a women's prison, so you can get all that sh- all those stereotypes in there. Oh, no way, man. My... I guess maybe you just don't even use Maul. You just send... Uh, what's her name? No, I was assuming it was... Oh, it's a bunch of Sith in the prison. Oh, it's an all-Sith all prison. Yeah. That's how you amp it up, is now everyone's a Sith, and it just goes bonkers (laughs) also i think the sequel should be set after darth maul gets cut in half and you've got his legs in one cell and his arms his upper half in another cell and they are the leaders of two rival gangs yes Mm -hmm. great i mean how can you how can you uh argue with a story about the lower half of darth maul leading a gang yeah just leading the venga boys (laughs) while his upper half is (laughs) His legs fell in love with Ma Venga. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Great. I mean, I also like the women's prison thing, but that might... You know what? You know, I'll, I'll, It's not really explaining the difference. What the fuck am I saying? But I would also like to see him trapped in an alien menagerie. So as opposed to having other prisoners to deal with and so on, at this point, it's just mall killing animals. Oh, good. Big, scary animals just over and over again. Okay. So he's he's just in like some 
weird Twilight Zone monsters prison for various weird well, it's animals. Some, you just take your pick of super rich guy. You, you can make it be the fucking Kraft Brothers. It doesn't matter. Take the Kraft Brothers and be like, oh yeah, we are both crazy wealthy. We built a zoo of alien super animals for research or to get women turned on or whatever the fuck. And then he needs to break in there and steal the rarest of all the super animals for for uh, Sidious. But then that night, the Kraft Brothers re- know what he did and open all the gates. Well, I know what you did. Yeah. You you got into our prison. Uh, now we have, I think, several questions in here that basically boil down to what other Star Wars characters do you want to see get the lockdown treatment? Like, what other prison stories? You just do them all at once? Yeah, there's a lot of what Star Wars characters should be in a prison type thing. What Star Wars characters should go to prison? <laughs> and it's stop. Han Solo. Han Solo should go to prison. He kidnapped his wife. <laughs> he uh, coerced his wife using a mind control ray. Mm-hmm. So... You know, horny jail for you, buddy. Yeah, he goes straight to horny jail. Um, <laughs> we'll send Leia there, too, because she is way too dark sidey. So the two of them can be in prison together. I mean, different prisons. Yeah. Uh, but who else? Who else? I uh, mean... I want Corrin Horn in jail. I but would this la- is like, who do you want to have a prison storyline? Yeah, let me finish. I want Corrin Horn to go to prison because he was he spent his early life as a, uh, a, a ma- an officer of Corsac or the Corellian police force. Mm. And I think it'd be kind of fun to watch him have to do like a supermax green arrow escaping from prison kind of thing where everyone in the prison knows him because he put away three, like a third of them or whatever. Uh-huh. So it'd be Corrin Horn with his Jedi abilities having to escape from a prison where everyone's like, oh, there's a fucking target on your back, buddy. We're gunning for you. There's a screw in the system and we're going to get him. Get him. And then he dies before the end because, you know, fuck the police. Ah! <laughs> because also fuck Cornhorn. Also fuck Cornhorn. Yeah. Uh, Dash Rendar, too. Just he belongs in a prison. God, she's or goes in horny jail with Han. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> probably Jabba needs to be in horny jail. Pretty much everyone's going to go to jail except for probably Chewbacca. Chewbacca does not belong in jail. No. He served his time already. Uh, all right. He gets the death penalty by moon. <laughs> death by mooning. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, are secretive master manipulators ever interesting? The only ones that seem to have really stuck the landing are Palpatine and Thrawn, and even those are mainly interesting for reasons other than their plotting. Can this kind of character even work in Star Wars? It's worked twice in Star Wars, probably more than that, but we just don't know about it yet. I think it works just fine in Star Wars. I think there are other places where it doesn't. I mean, the idea of the secret master manipulator is so a part of the idea of Star Wars as well. Yeah, yeah. Because Star Wars needs to have an overarching turbo supervillain because Star Wars is a pulp story. So you keep having new villains revealed as you defeat the old one. Oh, yeah, because it's it's very space pulp adventure Mm -hmm. in the same way that like... If I was some guy running around in, like, pulp Egypt and, you know, Dr. Crazy Brain needed to have his death ray, like, that's the kind of shit you need. You need some weird mastermind in the background who sends goons after you. I would point everyone to the X-Men series of films, where obviously Mr. Sinister was super in the background, because they kept hinting at him, but they never got to him. Just 
always hinting at him. <laughs> Even Deadpool hinting at him. He must have been doing some awesome shit because he never showed up. Nope. He did it so good that you never saw him. So many movies. But no, I think I think it works just fine. I mean, I don't even I, I guess maybe we're saying that Siddiqui kind of sucked in this or that Iron Radik kind of I mean, sucked Iron Radik sucked in this, and that's the problem with Radik is that he's hardly a master manipulator on a grand scale. He he's he's a master manipulator for the purposes of being a weapon dealer, and that's it? Like he doesn't well, have any grander vision. The problem I have with the master manipulator, especially in something like this, is it needs to be someone that is actually involved in the story somehow, rather than in this, it basically is just like, ah, oh, yeah, there's just sort of a fiat where no one is able to touch him and nothing can happen and he doesn't show up and yeah. he's just a name. You need to have at least like the emperor in like Jedi. He had, he, there was a ladder, a visible or, ladder to climb to the, le- the, the, the emperor. Yeah. There, well, and he, he was minions. also there. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to give orders to Vader. I'm going to give, you know, orders of things that I want done. Yeah. He had a, he had a minion power structure. You could climb up to get at him and he would probably call you into a room to gloat at you where Radik is just like, no, I live in a box and no one ever sees me. Yeah. Until I, one day I decide to come out because the move, the book's almost done. I haven't probably trimmed my nails in 10 years and I just look like a weird Howard Hughes. I call it the spruce moose. <laughs> get in. <laughs> but sir, that's uh, that's just a model. I said, get in. <laughs> uh, okay, so so I, I think it works fine. It didn't work here. I think what this book really needed was a heavy that was on Maul's level to be the, the top line threat. Mm-hmm. If there was another Sith in the prisoners, even someone who wasn't a Sith, but was just like, no, I can fight Ma- Maul to a standstill and I'm I'm running things in the prison and he needs to get through me. Oh, yeah. If we knew who Radik was and it turns out that like Zero was an ultra badass or something. Yes. Then that would have made it much more interesting because you're like, I can see a path to the master manipulator. Yeah. And if they're actually involved in the story, you don't really get those situations where it was like, ha ha, you can't do that because, you know, it's been me all along, Austin. Mm-hmm. Like, as long as we know that they're setting things in motion, it works much better. I would say there's a story I remember hearing. There's a reason that the Riddler only shows up like two or three times in Batman the Animated Series. Yes. Like the entire run. Uh, and sometimes when he shows up, it's not even his crime. He's just also around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because the story writers came out and said it. It's really hard to write Riddler stories. Yes. Because he has to have riddles that make sense and that that lead to him. And th- there's a lot of stipulations about it. And you can tell a lot of people give up on them and they just be like, oh, fuck it. He's hush now. I don't know. Fuck you. Riddle stories are hard. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and I think you have that same problem with master manipulators. If you can't write a cohesive master manipulation, your character is going to come off like a fucking tool. Uh, case in point, the Kreft brothers. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing is you're either going to have someone who it comes off as like fiat immunity, the fiat. I can just do whatever I want because I'm the manipulator. Yeah. Or it just seems bad. Like, yeah. if they actually do show him doing stuff, you're like, that seems dumb. Why are you doing that? It, th- there's a reason that Z- that Thrall tends to get remembered as, as uh, Thrall. Thrawn tends yeah, to get Yeah, there's re- a reason Thrall seems to get remembered, and it's because he keeps coming in to save everyone, and it's bullshit. <laughs> it's because Metzen won't shut the fuck up about him. <laughs> Even though Metzen's left Blizzard now, I'm pretty sure he put a Thrall in whatever that role-playing game he's building is. Ah. 
I think he made he's making like a 5e setting, which literally maps to exactly a, uh, uh, the Western Kingdom of Azeroth. Great. <laughs> anyway, uh, Thrawn is remembered because Timothy Zahn can write like he's on fire. Like he's, ah! he's, yeah, he's, like he's in a fucking hurry. No, Timothy Zahn writes really well. And so he can actually do like hold up the master manipulator side of the bargain. Yeah. And you need something like Thrawn or Palpatine that has a personality that you can hang a hat on. Yeah. Because, again, Irem Radik had no personality. Nothing. Had nothing. Even when we saw him, he was just like, I'm Irem Radik. I won't I, deal with the Bandogora. I, I'm, I, uh, I'm in charge. And I kill like, anyone who looks at me. You gotta have something. Something that makes you interesting. Yeah, you'd think that stuff sounds interesting. Like, he's like, oh, I, I'll kill anyone who sees my face or knows my name. That's kind of a neat, like, that's a neat setup for a serial killer. It's not a neat setup for a mastermind. Yeah. So there's your problem. Okay. And I think we'll do one more. Yeah. So. One more. Since he inexplicably survives this book, what wonderful and merry adventures does young Owen Truax become involved in next? You know, I don't know why this popped into my head, but I was thinking about in other, another child survivor in Star Wars lore, and I thought it'd be kind of fun if the two of them ended up together in some capacity. So I would float... My theory is that he ends up being the cameraman for post-adventure journalist Sindel Tawani. Because ah. Sindel survives the two Ewok movies, gets off planet, and then according to like encyclopedias that people have written in the past, she ends up being a Coruscant journalist yes. going beyond that. She turns into a reporter, and I thought it'd be fun if she was a roving reporter and Owen Truax turned into her uh, her like cameraman slash buddy. Hmm. Like, I don't know if they hook up. I don't know if that's the relationship I envision for them. Uh, I, it, it, it could be because he would be way the fuck too old. I mean, the big thing for me is I look at something like that and think <sighs> he's got to have come out of that being real messed up. Mm -hmm. Like less that he would be like, oh, I'm the cameraman. And it would be much more like she has to go do some story and hires him as a guide for some murder planet. Oh, okay. I could see that because he's got a connections. His father was in the Bandogora. He actually met Darth Maul and, and, and Komari Vosa. Oh, and yeah. And lived to tell the tale. Yeah. And I would assume like from that point on, being that he managed to survive and live in a murder prison for, I want to say probably at least like eight or nine years of his life. Yes. And has learned the 52 fist. Like he has to have gone on to be some sort of ridiculous mercenary bounder hunt or something. Mm -hmm. So it's that it's basically like Kong where she's like, Oh, I'm going to go here and I need someone to be like my bodyguard slash guide. Okay. And so hires Owen to be like, yeah, I'm kind of a grizzled old veteran and you've got to pay me a bunch of money if you want me to do this. Yeah. One of the things they tell us is that the Ewok adventure movies are set before Return of the Jedi, mm -hmm. which is the wildest thing to hear, because, of course, that doesn't make any sense that that the Ewoks have met and learned to speak English and that Wicket had a human friend for a long time. Yeah. Anyway, I still feel like this is probably like 20 years before any of that happened. So he's going to be an older guy. Yeah, that's what her. I'm saying. Yeah. So and plus, he's he's like. 16 or 17 here where she was like seven on her adventure so he's way older than her so yeah okay we have a grizzled old veteran escorting a young hotshot reporter into some war zone yeah like she's i don't know 21 or 22 and he's probably late 40s at this point mm -hmm. and he's just like 
you don't understand. Everything on that planet wants to kill you, and it can. Yeah, and then when they actually go down to the planet, like, he maybe loses a hand or something, but he survives. But ultimately, they get rescued by the other little kid from Star Wars that never went anywhere, Broom Kid from the end of Last Jedi. Lol. But he wouldn't even be alive at that point. He's even younger. He's the youngest. At this point... Two-year-old. At at this point, Owen is, like, 70. (laughs) I don't want to go down to that planet. I want to stay here and watch... Whatever Star Wars Price is Right is. Uh, well, it's probably Space Matlock. It's probably just Price is Right. <laughs> How many whoopie oopies would you bid for this? Eh. Dude, I would watch the fuck out of Space Price is Right. Star Wars Price is Right. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm Bob Baca. How much would you pay for a band and a ticket off planet? <laughs> Reminding you all to spay and neuter your Jawas. <laughs> No, don't. (laughs) So, uh, Bob Baca, by the way, is definitely... (laughs) Oh, Bob Baca. I'm really proud of that. (laughs) Just wanted to make sure I put that that mention there. Yeah, no, it's fine. We can give a moment for Bob Baca. (laughs) Anyway, that's the answer to Owen. Yeah. An embedded uh, mercenary who escorts Sindel Tawani onto a a war zone planet. Oh, I would fucking love that shit. That would be great. Breathe some life into both of those characters. I mean, honestly, the more I think about it, the more I absolutely want that. Yeah. (laughs) I just want to have a book that gathers up like these interesting leftovers from various books that got written, but obviously we're never going to get a sequel and just either wraps up their story or gives them a cool adventure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could really just do straight up Kong. Yeah. But with like, what's this? Oh, we've got our grizzled old like veteran guide we've got the Mm -hmm. reporter who wants to go in there we've got like a military escort so we can get all the like military guys from either the rebellion or the empire who left i'd like to read as uh, by the same token i'd like to read like a riau and zaveri story we're just like these two characters were sadly saddled with books that were never going to go anywhere (laughs) oh honestly what if that little kid that came out of the Wirewolf or like Lusa or whoever also got to join our ragtag team of military planet explorers? Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, because Lusa's going to be like a force-using centaur or she's whatever. She's a complete badass. Whatever we do with her, she's going to end up an absolute badass. What a great character to add to our you-have-to-go-to-war-hell planet, and Arti- or, uh, Owen is the only one who can lead everybody. Oh, yeah. I made it out of here once. I'm not going back in unless you give me the right amount of money. And then like a briefcase slams down. Shit, that's the right amount of money. (laughs) Uh, You're going to have to pay me a lot. Puts the briefcase down. Double that. Puts another one down. Oh, I didn't actually think you'd do it. Shit. Should have said triple. Fuck. All right. Well, (laughs) well, well, you didn't. Well, yeah. Yeah, Laney. Binding contract. Hey. If anyone wants that book to exist, go ahead and hire us. Hire me. Mm-hmm. Hire the two of me. I'm already in the middle of writing another book, but fuck it. I could use extra work after that's done. <laughs> I can give you the very best bad book you've ever seen. I have two more books coming out right now. I am living the dream, John. Just pooping books. Just pooping books. Just filling my house with boxes of books I'm supposed to give Just away, but I don't know anybody. Filling my pants. <laughs> All right, you want to do the thing that we always do at the end of these wrap-ups? Oh, yeah. And uh, let me just tell the people what I did. Yeah. And then you can take over from there. Folks, I made a mistake. <laughs> I'm going to own up to it now. Uh, in a uncharacteristic and mistaken moment of generosity, I unleashed the reins for who picks the book for this. Even when I did X-Men and Star Wars, it wasn't that I let John pick. I voluntarily 
chose X-Men and Star Wars on his wishes, kind of. But this time, instead of doing that, I just said, John, pick the next book. I'm putting it in your hands. Whatever you want, the next book is yours. Ah, you shouldn't have done that. Let me read to you the back of the book that I have chosen. I like that you can't do it without instantly spoiling what it is. Oh, yes, obviously. (sighs) Sam and Dean have set out on a road trip to the Grand Canyon, but this is no vacation for the brothers. On a stretch of deserted ranch land just beyond the canyon's stunning vistas, mysterious murder sprees have occurred every 40 years. Oh, no. The area's inhabitants have been few and far between in years past, but a nearby mega mall is about to celebrate its grand opening and attract thousands of fresh victims. The Winchester boys are determined to protect locals and shoppers alike. Fuck, fuck, fuck. But they never anticipated they'd be fighting a group of killers this vicious, this vindictive, this dead? (laughs) Part of it. A deadly horde of animal spirits and human ghosts has arisen to terrorize this tiny corner of the Arizona desert. If Sam and Dean can't figure out why, the wide open spaces of the West will once again become a desolate frontier, and the Witch's Canyon will be the brothers' final resting place. That's right, everyone. We're reading Supernatural Witch's Canyon, and believe you me, you're going to get hooked on the brothers. God damn it. You even took the joke. <laughs> oh, I'll have to re- resort to the Rick and Morty one. The thing about these brothers is they have a real interesting bond, <laughs> but we don't have time to get into that now. <laughs> Running real fast. Also, it looks like it's from like season one or two, too. So there, there's not a fucking chance that it's going to have like, what's his name? That angel guy. Oh, no. Castiel. You're not going to have Castiel. You're not going to have Lord of Hell Crowley. You are going to have just pure, uncut Sam and Dean Winchester. Also, a lot of them. They are both uncut, and there's there's not going to be any cuts in the story. It's going to be so thick with Sam and Dean, just uncut. A real veiny story. (laughs) Just a pendulous tome hanging between the legs of America. Uh, Now, of course, I picked this one. There was a giant list, and I looked at all of them. Mm Mm-hmm. I also looked at a giant list of X-Files books. I know, especially because Kit Janderson wrote a few of those, so. And the thing is, I looked up all the Janderson ones, and his were way too serious. It was like, ah, yes, there's a inside problem with the FBI, and they need to investigate whatever. And I'm like, boring. What else you got? A dude that turns into a giant bee? Fuck yeah. Let me read that one. (laughs) (laughs) But ultimately, you could not resist the siren song of your beloved Supernatural. Oh, yeah. And so now here we are reading uh, an expanded universe novel in in a universe I've never seen. And that is also why i chose it is because at least with x-files i was like i know you've got some experience with x-files i've run the series of x-files i have not watched all of the movies what that means with this for our bonus content there is absolutely nothing that you know and it is just a it's fresh powder you can get out there and shred all you want (laughs) son of a bitch people like this show because of the star wars (laughs) eat it listeners it's gonna cost us money Or make us money. I don't know. Hey, if you think that sounds great, you want to support us in this, the dumbest venture we've done, please go over to patreon.com slash system mastery 
and you can join us at the $2 level or more unlocks the bonus content for this. Where I guess we go to Supernaturalopedia. We go to whatever Wikia Supernatural has. Yeah. And we find out some stuff from that. Now, this was the wrap-up for Maul, so if you want to continue doing a Star Wars thing, I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. But I'll probably spend mine giving you a very brief background to, like, episode one backstory so you know what we're doing going in. You're talking about the bonus content. For the bonus okay. content. Because we are still going to record bonus content just like we always do. Uh, I, obviously, I'm not going to do anything supernatural. I wouldn't even know what to look up. Exactly. So, yeah, I'll probably stick to Star Wars. But, yeah, there you have it. Uh, we're please, gonna... please show me that you are as excited about this stupid bullshit as I am. Uh, okay. Okay. Here I go. Yay. Oh, oh you, I was you're... talking to the listeners. Oh, thank God. And okay. by that, I mean, please go support us so that I know that this wasn't some horrible misguided plan that's going to drive you all away. I promise it will still be interesting. And then we'll probably get right back to Star Wars afterwards as I rest the reins <laughs> of control away and try and try and write the sinking stagecoach. I'm trying to keep to one metaphor here. <laughs> Oh yeah, you gotta, you gotta know. If you hand me the reins, this stagecoach is going over a cliff, straight to quicksand. It's it you're, is done. You're gonna find. I mean, if I had access to quicksand, I would go right to it and find out about it anyway. That's definitely one of those things that you thought you would ever encounter when you were a child. Oh yeah, you were like, well, I'm gonna go into a desert anywhere someday and find quicksand. Yeah, it's gonna be a problem for me, and it. it I'll go into a forest, and there it'll be. This is gonna be fucking quicksand, trap quicksand, and it never is. Never. It's disappointing. Hmm. Anyway, if you want quicksand, maybe it's in this episode of Witch's Canyon. After all, it's set in a desert. That's right. The Grand Canyon. Home of the quickest of sands. Hey, everyone. Once again, go support that Patreon. $2 level gets you this bonus content. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Until then, and for my last Star Wars sign-off for a while, I've been Elan Sleazebagiano. And I've got a special bond with my brother. (laughs) 